Good morning, everybody. It is man coverage on December 5th, 2021. I am Knoxville Nate. That is the coach, Rico McCoy. How are you doing this morning, coach? I'm good, man. Life's good. I can't complain. How you feeling? I'm doing all right. Um, once we got some technical issues uh, worked out, yeah. I'm doing a lot better, man. Uh, I was about to pull my hair out of my head. Uh, couldn't figure out how to get the system to work. So uh, never had a problem in, what, two years. But uh, this morning it was a little it was a little effed up. But we're, we're rolling now. Uh Conference championship Saturday was yesterday. Yeah. I felt like I was watching the tape because it's the same thing as every other conference championship Saturday. Nick Saban and Alabama win again. I think you called that about 12 weeks ago when you said that uh, after week one that you thought that Bama looked like the, the best team. And uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into all the games. We're going to have former Vol and NFL player Ray Austin on the show today. Um, great guy. Also is an actor and um, also is the commissioner of fan-controlled football and has his own business uh, that, that helps athletes with the NIL. So we're going to get into him a lot today with that. Uh, talking about that because we got a lot of uh, discussion to have about the portal. Uh, the one thing I wanted to talk to you real quick about was the breaking news that came out this morning, and that is that the Oklahoma Sooners are going to hire Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables. Oh, yeah. Um, that is what I said was going to happen. I went on the show with Joe on Thursday, and I predicted that. And now it's pretty much – uh, about to be official. Coach, what are your thoughts on uh, Brett Venables taking over at uh, Oklahoma? That's where I um, that's where I first met him. Um, that's still the name, um, I guess the school, the program's name that I associate him with. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Oklahoma. He hit the scene at Oklahoma. Um, he was a big-time recruiter there. Then he was, you know, LB coach, then D coordinator, and that's where his 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 legacy began, if you ask me. Um, that's where the world got to know Brent Venables, and I think that that's a solid hire because um, he's you know, you're in that league. You got to stop people. He's familiar with it. He knows how to go out and get competitive guys to play on his defense, and uh, I think he'll be true. I say true until it's a whole bunch of money thrown. I think he'll be a true Oklahoma guy for a while. I don't. I don't think he would have any plans on leaving um, that program for a while. I think it's a good hire. I like him. Yeah, I do too. And you know, this is a guy that a lot of people have been trying to hire away um, for several years. And this, you know, this was inevitable that he was going to leave. But you know. Old uh, Dabo's had his staff together for almost 10 years, at least in one shape or the other. The guy, you know, Tony, that's his offensive coordinator now, Elliot, Coach Elliot, and then Coach Venables have been there for 10 years. I know there's been some shuffling of the offensive coordinator, but this has been essentially the same staff. And uh, I, I think Brent Venables has been real smart about this. He's sat and waited for the right opportunity. As you mentioned, he was at Oklahoma for a long time. Yeah. Before he was at Oklahoma, he played and coached at Kansas State under Coach Snyder. And he, was, and he was there uh, with uh, uh, Bob Stoops, who is now, you know, directing the charge. So, um, you know, I think this is a great move for, for both Oklahoma and for Coach Venables. I think, you know, his success is going to be predicated a lot on – his staff. I think he needs to hire a good offensive coordinator. I think he needs to surround himself with uh, good coaches, but I think that's pretty much the case everywhere you go, isn't it? Well, that's what it has to be. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the uh, most important job as a head coach. It's hiring the right guys and letting them do their thing. Yeah. Hiring the guys that can do their part, you know, and it's management, it's people skills. That's what the head coaching part is. So we're going to see, you know, how good of a head coach he is, because it's a different ball game. Um, I mean, I, I think you can equate it to um, 
how the process can go sour to the old old head coach of Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt. I, everybody's not meant to be a head coach, if you ask me. Yeah. But you can be a great coach. You can be a great position coach. You can be a great coordinator. And I think that's what Jeremy Pruitt is. He's a very good uh, defensive coordinator. When we talk about being a head coach, it's more about people. You know, it's, it's managing people uh, as far as players. You're the disciplinarian. You got to be fair. You got to know how to deal deal with all kinds of kids. Same with your personnel, your staff. You got to find guys that fits your scheme, fits your, uh, your, your vision, basically. So I think he's pretty good from talking to him a few times as far as people. And you have to be at that level to be a head coach and be successful. So, um, yeah, we're going to see who he hires. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to be the CEO, right? I mean, if you're if you're the coach, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, I know some people don't like Urban, but that's one of the things that made Urban a, a tremendously successful college coach was he he's a very good general manager, CEO of a program. He, he gets the right guys around him and he knows how to manage uh, the program. And that that's the one thing that may be a little bit different uh, for Coach Venables, but I think he can do it. And I think uh, you do too. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, I think he's a good coach, and I think he's a good guy. I think it's kind of interesting. He's got two sons uh, that play on Clemson, and I, I'm interested to see if they come with him uh, or if they stay where they're at. Because that was the thing I was thinking about when they're like, "Yeah, they're going to hire you know Brett Venables," and I'm like, "Really? Is he going to take his kids with him?" Or <laughs> life's short. Life's too short. I'm I'm going to play for my pops. I'm sorry. Oh, me too. <laughs> My pops was getting the head job. I'm like, I want to go where he's going because now old Dabo ain't going to play me because my dad's gone and he's pissed that uh, my pops left. I'm like, I'm not sticking around here. I'm in Oklahoma. But on another note, what do you think about Marcus Freeman? <laughs> you know what? In a in a selfish way, I, I'm upset about it because I, I wanted Notre Dame to do the wrong thing and piss Freeman off and then him to go back to Ohio State so he could uh, shore up our defense. That's what I was praying for. Yeah. But on the other hand, I'm very happy for him because I uh, Marcus is from Columbus. Yep. Uh, he played for Ohio State, was a tremendous linebacker and a great, uh, unbelievable guy. And he's been an awesome coach. And I think they made the right move. I don't know if you've seen the video. Uh, where they announced to the team that it was official that they were hiring them, but they went yeah. bonkers. Yeah. I mean, that? listen, he, he's a player's coach. You can tell he's fiery. Marcus was actually my host on my Ohio State visit. Oh, was he? Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, he's been a, he's always been a good dude, a solid stand-up dude. And players can tell. I mean, he, he played the game, played at a high level, played for the Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Look, he, his mentor is Luke Fickle, who, who led him all the way up through the ranks, who's a heck of a ball coach himself. And um, it's his time. Hey, look, 35, maybe 36 yeah. in January. Come on, man. Go get it. I'm rooting for him. I'm too. I'm too. I, um, you know, obviously I'm a Buckeye fan, but I'm, yeah. I'm high, I am uh, rooting for him because I like this hire. I like Marcus, and uh, I, hope he, uh, I hope he does well. I think they they made the right move, and I was really cheering, um, you know, for the team up north to lose yesterday because I wanted Notre Dame to get into the final, and for for Coach Freeman to be able to coach the national championship. I'm like, how how awesome would that be if uh, Coach Freeman gets to come in and and coach for a, a title in his first two weeks on the job? I was like, that would be pretty cool. That that would be sweet, and. People can judge me right now. I think Notre Dame won on this uh, on this transaction. I, yeah, I got Marcus Freeman and LSU got Brian Kelly. Hey, and look. his family. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> I didn't get to see the video. I just saw the write up on him talking about him faking that uh, accent. Listen, I don't. Think, I don't think Brian Kelly is a fit for LSU. I'm no. sorry. You're you're. He doesn't have enough fire for me. I mean, and he's from what, Boston? Yeah, he's from Massachusetts. Come on, man. What are you doing down there in, in, in Louisiana with some of the finest athletes in the country? I say no. And look, that's my stance on it. You got to stand on something, man. And I say that they're worse off with him for sure. 
Um, well, yeah. I, I, been, been an SEC guy, I don't think he'll outcoach my head coach at Tennessee right now. I'm just being honest. I, I, I've never – he's just never won the big games, if, if, if you let me tell it. Um, I'm not a fan. I don't think he's a fit. He should have stayed in Notre Dame or, or went somewhere else, man. But I don't know. I don't get that higher. Am I missing something? What do you think he's going to bring to the table down there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I was kind of um, I was kind of shocked that you know he left when he did. I, I thought it was pretty um, classless to leave when your team's ranked number six in the college <laughs> football playoff. You've been there for ten plus years, and you, you're you're trying to you know your whole goal is to win a national championship. You're playing for a national championship and potentially getting in it, and you bolt. Yeah. Uh, right before they even announce who's in. Come on. Um, I didn't like that look. And you know what? I don't like that guy to begin with. I, I've met him. I've met him a couple of times and he's just kind of an arrogant prick. Sorry to, you know, yeah. that's just my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and it goes back to, to me, you know, when that kid, uh, he's making kids get up on a scissor lift when they got 50, 60 mile an hour winds going and this kid dies and he acts like it's an inconvenience to his practice. And I'm just like, man. You know, you know me, man. I love football uh, a lot, and college football is my passion. But let me tell you, somebody's life is worth a lot more than one college football practice. And I agree. So, I agree. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, I think that Notre Dame came out on top on this. Yeah, they and did. I think that Marcus Freeman is is going to do well. the The other thing where I think Marcus is set up for success is he's the number one recruiter there. So their recruits are still going to come. They're going to get additional guys come in because they like Marcus. Oh, for sure. And, and they they uh they're keeping their offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, who I think has done a good job. <laughs> hey, listen, it's looking up for him. I don't like Notre Dame, but man, I, I'm rooting for Marcus Freeman. How about that? But Me too. Um, that's smart. That's strategic. You get your young, energetic head coach who's um been been pretty successful as a coach now and, and he's a good recruiter what, what more could you ask for yeah no i think i think they did the right thing i i think this was the right guy and this was the right time i mean i know he's young i know he's never been a head coach but you got to start somewhere yep. and um you know what if they didn't give him this job there's a lot of people that wanted to hire him at other places there you go so Anyway, well, I guess we got to talk about it. Old uh, Satan won again, and uh, Alabama continues their dominance. I mean, me and you discussed this weeks ago. You know, Georgia's had a good season. Um, you know, that defense has played well, but I just didn't think they could keep up with Alabama offensively, and I didn't think that defense could hold up the whole game. And um, I did not think that they would roll them. Uh, like they did. I mean, that that was not even really a ball game, uh, to be honest. And uh, wow, I think one thing that I would that I took away from this game, and that I wanted to get your thoughts on is that you know Coach Saban is not the reason he's been able to have the success, the unbelievable success as long as he has is he's an innovator. He's he changes what he does. He doesn't just keep the same thing going. He he changes that offense up, and you see. You know, this past year with all the new rules, he didn't just sit back and be like, well, I'm doing what I, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because it works. He nope. hit the portal, man. Come he on. got Henry Toa Toa, the starting middle linebacker. Jameson Williams, who he plucked from Ohio State, yep. was a, one of the best players on the field last night. Come on. I, think, uh, I think Coach Saban did, did his uh, program right by using the rules to his advantage. What do you think? Man, you know what they say, you never stay the same. You get better, you get worse. You got to evolve if you want to stay competitive. And he is the prime example of that. Listen, this he's an elderly guy now, but he, he changes with the times, and that's why he's sustained this uh, success that he has. Think about that. He changes with the time. He adapts. He yeah. adapts. And um, that's why they're successful. I was thinking the same thing watching the game. This boy was missed a whole lot last week, Jamison Williams. He was missed a whole lot last week. I mean, yeah. he finished up with seven catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. He, he's a spark plug at any minute. But 
this game was won last week. I told you that. Georgia yep. hadn't played really any close games since the first week of the season, right? Yep. Alabama was tested. They were put through the fire last week going through that overtime win. And they had a couple other close games. And I'm telling you, that that builds confidence and, and it allows you to – you know how to finish because you've been there, done that. And I said it. Nobody's really stopped. The only team – that really stopped Alabama was Derek Mason, Auburn. And we can't say stop. He held them down until the last minute. You know, eventually they made some plays and won the game, but he did the best job of stopping that offense. But it's almost impossible to stop this offense. And I've been saying it all year. Even in those close games earlier in the year, this quarterback, who I called at the beginning of the season, is the best player in college football. It's still throwing for 350, 60 yards in, in tight ball games. He is a pro athlete playing college football right now. And um, to me, he's the best, he's the best dude on the field every Saturday. And you just he proves it every game, every big situation. Listen to me. He knows exactly when to get rid of the ball. He has that sixth sense of telling when he has pressure backside. The kids show what he can do running last night. I mean, he can do literally everything that you ask of a quarterback. He can do it. Plus, he's going to do it with, with the cigarette in his mouth. I mean, he's calm. <laughs> Look, he, he's calm. He's cool. And um, he wins ball games, man. I couldn't ask for a better, more complete player, a better quarterback. And that's what you're seeing right now. A lesser quarterback, and Alabama's probably not even in this position right now. I, I couldn't agree more. And you're right, man. He he does not get rattled um, no matter what's happening, even last week. And that's what really, you know, threw me for a loop was last week when things were not going good, he kept the same demeanor the yeah. whole time. And he, he was calm, cool, and collected even when and they were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. It, it, it didn't change him at all. And he just kept doing what he was doing. And then you know, things started clicking and, and he was confident the whole time. And uh, I think that shows just kind of the guy, the kind of character this guy has. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but this guy might be the best quarterback we've seen down there in the last 10 years. And that's saying something. It's saying a whole lot. Because they've had some damn good ones. I mean, Mac Jones got, you know, he did his thing, uh, no doubt, last year. And Tua, uh, hell, Tua was damn good, too. But this kid's got it all. He had, look, 4,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, four interceptions. Come on. (laughs) This is video game numbers. That is is exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, this is is impressive. But I don't know. You couldn't ask for more from the young dude. That's for sure. He's impressive. And then um, that defense gets out there and competes. Um, Hey. On the other side of the ball, Stetson Bennett. How many times did you see him doing this? Or take a knee, squat down. I'm telling you, polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> polar opposites. Yeah. My man, Bryce Young could have just had, you know, a, a three and out, maybe had to punt the ball, which it didn't happen a whole lot. But no. he's cool. He's jogging off the field, chatting with the guys, talking to the coaches. What we got next? Stetson Bennett, you saw it, wearing it on his sleeves. I need my quarterback to be like Bryce Young. If I'm a high school coach right now, shoot, even if I'm a college head coach right now, OC, you go watch Bryce Young, son. I want you to see his demeanor. I want the whole game. <laughs> From no, the- that, hey, to end. Johnny Cologne was was shook last night. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Stetson, yeah. he was shook up. And, I, I mean, I understand things weren't going well, but they were still in that game until you know late in the third start of the fourth quarter and and he just looked like he didn't believe they were going to win and nope. you know he was forcing balls um in spots that he shouldn't and um you know I understand that the defense you know didn't didn't come through maybe like they'd hoped they would and didn't stop Alabama like they would were hoping they could stop them but man you got to put you got to put that beside you and you got to go out there and get points and um old Stetson I hate to say it, but I was—I feel like I was kind of right on him because when he got into the big game against a really good team with a that had a very good offense to challenge his defense, he couldn't keep up. He, 
It's how you respond and um in the times of being low, right? <laughs> adversity. It's how you respond during adversity where you judge, right? And that's where your true character comes out, man. And he he couldn't handle it. I'm just being honest. Um he cracked and then yeah. it, he, he bled out and bled over to his teammates. I mean, yeah. they're watching you. Your position is that of leadership and power. You're the quarterback. And um, your body language was awful. Yeah. And, and everybody else sees that, man. So I don't know. Maybe he'll learn from it. It's I guess it's all good when, when you're the front runner, you're the big dog. But how do you act when you're getting that butt whooped a little bit? You know what I mean? You get hit in the mouth a couple yeah. times. You gotta stand tall and, and wear it, man. You can't you can't throw fits. You can't throw your hands up and you can't have that piss poor body language and uh be the leader while we're at war. So yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. And um, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what comes, you know, goes forward from this. Uh we'll get into this later here in a minute, but you know, does Georgia I mean, they're still going to get in. I mean, I I don't think after last night, I'm not so sure they they should. I don't want them in. I, want I don't to want to see that game again. No, I don't want them in. I don't want to see that game again. They had their chance, and and this is something we got to talk about later too. Is, I mean, you put that Georgia team in the SEC West, and I'm not so sure they have the same record that they have getting up to that game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I, I, just, I don't want to see them again. I don't want to see that game again because you know what? The same damn thing is going to happen. And and Robert's asking if Young is going to enter the draft early. I think he should. Hold on. Uh, what, what year is he? I don't think he can. He's not eligible yet, right? He's a no. I I believe this is just his second um, year out of high school. So I think he has to. I think he has to play one. Has to be out one more year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the I think so. I th so I think he will be back uh, next year, which is scary uh, in a sense. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to see this game again. Um, nothing against Georgia. I don't really, you know, care about them either way. But I think uh, I'd rather see somebody else show up, you know. Let the people vote. <laughs> Let the people vote on this one. We don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see that again. I, I want to see. Oh, Lord, stop. <laughs> Cincy National Championship. I don't know about all that, but uh, they uh, they did take care of business. And, um, you know, we can talk about that game next. You know, I, I think Cincinnati deserves to be in that Final Four. I really do. Um, you know, they stepped out of conference. They went in to South Bend and they beat an 11-1 Notre Dame team. So with that being said, I think they deserve to be in the final four. Do I think they can match up with Alabama? No, I do not. But I, I do think they've earned that shot. Um, what do you think, Coach? I think they've earned a the shot. They've, they've earned that number four position for sure. Um, I think it would be better for them not to have to play Alabama the first round, though. Yeah. I think <clears throat> let's say they keep let's say they move Michigan up to number one. I think they get they have a much better shot of beating Michigan than beating Alabama. So that would be, you know what? That would be a, probably a nice matchup, but then who would be number three? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of how I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm thinking Bama's one. I'm thinking Michigan's two. I'm thinking Cincy's three and Georgia's four. Oh, no. But then you got to see Bama and Georgia again, which I don't want to see. But I just I think that's how that's how I would rank them if I had to rank them. Um, you know, now, if it was up to me, I would probably leave uh, Georgia out and I would bring one of those other teams in. But I just know they're not going to do that. I know the committee, the committee wants two SEC teams, don't you think? I think they would if, if Georgia put up a better fight. Yeah. If Georgia put up a better fight, I think that that would have been a no-brainer. They would have threw Georgia in there. Um, I wish Oklahoma State had just taken care of business and yeah. wouldn't even have this problem right now. I wish right. Oklahoma State would have won. 
That running back, I mean, I know he probably feels low, but, man, that right there is a play you can't get over. Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know when you're a kid and you're playing ball outside with your, your brothers, your cousins, your friends? Yeah. And you're like, it's <laughs> fourth and goal. <laughs> Clock is expiring. This is for the championship. You had that opportunity and you blew it. Now, it's still just a game, but I'm just giving y'all my opinion. I get it. I know he's wearing it probably for the rest of the year. But guess what? <sighs> you had an opportunity to score. It's one-on-one. And that guy tackled you, what, six inches short of a touchdown. That's yeah. heartbreaking, man. Tell me how you felt about seeing that play. Man, honestly, I was going for Baylor, so I was kind of happy. <laughs> but um, – I, I was just like, man, what a horrible way to lose that game. I mean, they they were right there. Um, you know, they they fought back. I mean, it was 20, what, 24 to 6, 21 to 6 at halftime. And, and Baylor was dominating. Even with their backup quarterback, they were dominating. But Oklahoma State got back into that game and made it a battle. And to get so close, like you said, six inches or less, um, you know, in that in that last moment to be right there, I, that was a horrible, horrible way to lose and to lose out on making their first ever uh, college football playoff. I, I felt kind of bad for them. Yeah, it's I mean, it, they still had a chance to win that game when they shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. I mean, four interceptions. You weren't supposed to be in that ball game anyway. So I guess. You know, that's the football gods way of saying, hey, play this game the right way. <laughs> because four interceptions, you're not supposed to win a championship game anyway. Yeah. Four. Okay. So I guess what happened was supposed to happen, but I feel sorry for the kid that you in the game play like that. Golly. Yeah. I mean, this was a different uh, Oklahoma State team than what we've seen in the past. I mean, they're usually, you know, points upon points upon points. But this year, they're a little different, man. They've got a really good defensive team, and their offense isn't as good as they have been, in my opinion. So I, I it was kind of strange watching that. But I've got to give some credit to Coach Dave Aranda from, from Baylor. I mean, dude takes his first head coaching job at a major uh, university, um, you know, takes over at Baylor. They're 2-7 and seven in year one. He comes back year two, wins – the big 12 championship and um, you know, just does a really good coaching job. I mean, there was some questionable moves in that game, but he did what he had to do to get it done. I I'm kind of shocked that somebody hadn't uh, chosen him to be their next head coach and that he hasn't gotten more look. He would have been my guy for LSU over Brian Kelly. I uh, me too, buddy. <laughs> he would, he was a much better fit. Hey, look, I'm going to push it. I'm going to say, well, I guess Florida grabbed him up, but um, either of those guys, but Napier, are better fits than than your guy down there at LSU. So I don't know, man. I just that just doesn't make sense to me. Brian Kelly in LSU, I'm still not over it yet. And you're like, what's your obsession? I mean, I really <laughs> don't like Brian Kelly, and I don't see his attitude and the way he handles business working at LSU. That's all. No, I'm with you, man. I am with you 100. percent I I think that Coach Aranda is the the perfect guy for that job. I mean, he was there in 2019. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator that that led them to the national championship. And look what he's done at Baylor. I'm like, how could you not have a more perfect guy, um, you know, to bring into the fold? And and he's actually a little bit likable too, unlike yeah. Kelly. Yep. So you know, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be on the cover of uh, Vogue or something, but he's a nice guy, and I, I find myself cheering for him. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I expect him, you know, I maybe he'll stay at Baylor. I don't know, but I kind of expect people to come, um, you know, after this dude trying to hire him away. And, I, you know, at this point, all the other coaching jobs are pretty much gone. Uh, it was kind of a fast uh, kind of a fast process getting all these uh, positions filled up. And I think uh, I think there was a mistake made somewhere with, with Coach Aranda not getting one of them. I agree. So with that, uh, we're going to change gears here real quick. We got uh, Ray ready to go. We're going to pop him in.
and uh, see what's up. Hey. Uh, hey, what's up, Ray? What's what's happening? Just just uh, drinking my coffee every day. I'm hustling, so <laughs> I like up, that. Friend? I got the double fist going. I got the coffee and the Dr Pepper going. So uh... <laughs> okay, TMI, TMI. <laughs> Y'all crazy. <laughs> what's up, Rico? What's going on, VFL? You good? Uh, yes, sir, man. Just uh, just you know, just just getting literally getting off a plane last late last night. Uh, uh, coming from Dallas, so um, oh man, I might think my batteries are going down, but uh, yeah, but um, yeah, man, just just got back from Dallas, uh, uh, running my first combine out for my my new league. So uh, just waking up, seeing all the scores and all the upsets and the wins and the you know Alabama, you know, doing what they do, and so hey, we gonna have to talk, Ray. What? Now, what's this league? What, what's this league you talking about? You know, I'm a football guy now. Talk to me. Oh man, tell me if my if my uh, audio goes out. I gotta grab some batteries, but um, let me call my beautiful wife real quick. Uh oh, that's what we do. We just I just put. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, I lost. We lost you, Ray. How's that? There, yeah, we, there we go. You better yeah. go. Sorry about right. that, guys. Sorry for, I'm always going to have technical difficulties. I've been in the industry for 15 years, and I still have technical difficulties. So, uh, <laughs> funny, we couldn't we couldn't even get the show going 30 minutes ago. So <laughs> you know how it is, man. Y'all already know how it is, man. But yeah, man, I've been. This has uh, been a been something I've been working on for about seven years. I'm one of the co-founders, and uh, uh, we call it the Fan Control Football League. Um, uh, we debuted this year, February, for the first year. It literally took us eight years to get to this first season. Congrats. Uh, basically building out the technology, um, making sure that we had the patents, uh, you know, really kind of wondering what this, you know, what the league was going to look like. And then the pandemic hit. So the timing was actually perfect because, you know, we always looked at us as a sport in a box. You know, if you think about a lot of the leagues and why they don't kind of last is because, everybody don't have NFL money, you know what I mean? So you can't market and, and work in, you know, all these different uh, uh, demographics. You know, our league is set in one place. And I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's called the Fan Control Football League. This is actually our stadium. We played in Duluth, uh, uh, Georgia, where okay. we allowed four team uh, fans all around the world to be able to create four teams, four actual football teams. And we, let, we, have, we allowed the fans to – uh, pick the logos, name the teams, uh, 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 pick the players, and ultimately we developed a mobile app that they call the, the plays on game day. So it is actually a live, it's a live fantasy football. So uh, we played last year, uh, this February, our first game. We had six weeks, six a six game season. We kind of call it our proof of concept, and we play it just like a video game. So we we partnered up with Twitch. Twitch is actually a uh, our where our distribution was, but they're also a partner of ours. Uh, as well as Progressive Insurance, Wendy's, Gatorade, IBM. And uh, what we did was uh, uh, our first year, uh, this year, we played one-hour games, just like a video game, right? We allowed the fans to draft the players. Uh, I went on the, the road and did national combines all over the country, and we basically videotaped everything and allowed the fans to see it and see the players. We had players sending in highlights <laughs> Uh, we had we every week I met with fans, guys, and we developed the actual league. We said we like this guy, we like that yeah. guy. Rico, who do you like? You know, Nick, who do you want in the league? And they would send us an upload video of players. We'd reach out to them, and that's how we developed our players and our league. Uh, and and uh, we in the in the six weeks we had over twelve million views globally. Uh, for one hour, we had over 1.2 million people watching our video game and actually playing it like a video game. And uh, it was an extraordinary uh, event. And we are getting ready for ver uh, B2 season two. Yeah. Uh, starts up in 2022 in March. We just uh, uh, got our, our lead investor going into next year. So we are we're super excited. We just partnered up with NBC. Uh, so we'll be on Twitch, NBC, and Peacock. So we'll have over 250 channels uh, globally. So uh, it, it was it was a phenomenal experience. And, and just for you football people, we took out special teams. We wanted to move real fast, like an actual video game. So we put we took out special teams. But Rico, yeah, 
instead of extra point, we did the one-on-one drill. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I like that. I tell everybody. Every time I tell somebody that, they go, yeah. oh, man. I, so I, I literally talk to uh, – so you, you score a touchdown and you do a one, like an Oklahoma drill? As soon as, you, as soon as the players score a touchdown, yeah. everybody leaves the field except for one defensive back and one wide receiver. To oh, yes, Lord. And y'all go at it. One, 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 boom, boom, pop, and that's it. That's how many points is that worth? You can go from the 10 yard line where it's worth the three, or you can go from the five and get the one. A lot of people figure out, like, wonder, like, how do you guys have four teams playing in the same stadium? Like, how are fans going to want to be with these teams that they don't know, you know? So we, we, we thought of something kind of different. You know, we, we said, you know, instead of having owners that are just us, how about we go out and get celebrity influencers? So, you know, the, the Glacier Boys is one of the teams that, that we, we uh, that we have. And that's owned by Richard Sherman and Quavo. You know, uh, you've got the beasts that are owned by Marshawn Lynch and Renee Montgomery. And, nice. uh, you know, Destroying is, is, is a he's a team owner. And I don't know if you guys know Destroying, but he was the the, the kicker in, mm-hmm. in, division, in college that it ended up having. I, remember, yes, I know him. Yes. Yeah. So we connected with people that really understood what we were trying to do and develop this team, man. And I'm, I'm one of the co-founders, but I'm also the commissioner of the league. And, you know, when people say, oh, man, you're the commissioner of the league, you're doing all this stuff. My, my real role here is, you know, our culture is more than an athlete. We really push that culture. Like, you know, my, my, my career after playing football with, you know, the Chicago Bears, New York Jets, I jumped into acting. So I've been an actor for the last 15 years. I've done shows like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Empire. I'm on a new show right now called uh, The Big Leap on Fox. Uh, I play a, 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 a tight end coach for the Detroit Lions. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like full circle. It's kind of cool. But we, we, we really, you know, pride ourselves on being more than an athlete in our league. So we look for players that are wanting to be entrepreneurs, that are wanting to be actors, content creators, gamers. Uh, our champion was our apparel for last year. Okay. Our, we, I, I made the deal with say, hey, look, I want my players to be the models gotcha. in, in that stuff in, on the website. And then we had, you know, Progressive is one of our uh, sponsors. We had our offensive linemen doing, you know, commercials with with flow. You know, yeah. so, uh, we had an entrepreneur, <laughs> was an entrepreneur. You know, he made gloves for the urban community and we struck a deal with him. So he made all the gloves for the players. So, you know, we wanted to open up our platform, like just different than what how people think about football. We were like, let's open up this platform for our players to showcase who they are on and off the field. And, you know, that's that's what we created. And from our league this year, first year, first year this season in February, we have two players make the NFL rosters. Really? About that. Congrats. Awesome. Now, look, Ray. Yeah. I'm looking at the site right now. You got some typos on here. Robert Turbin, Josh Gordon. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, no! Those are no, those are not typos, my man. <laughs> Robert Turbin. Yeah. Robert Turbin. Like, hey, Johnny Manziel played in the in the league last year. Did so, he really? that was, that's okay. the, the now people are like, oh, that's the league, right? That's yes. this league. I got yes. So, and, and that's kind of cool because Flash. Everybody knows, like, you know, Flash had gotten. You know, uh, you know, some some situations that he had gotten kicked out of the league for a while. And, right. you know, his agents reached out to us. and was like, man, you know, he needs to get some run. He needs to get some play. Let everybody know that he still got it. He's been clean. I was like, man, bring him. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, it, what it did was when Johnny and Rob and, and Flash came and played, it heightened the the, the ability, all the players, you know, we had D1, D2, HBCU school players. So we had some quality pl- football players on the league, in the league. And we had, we got players now that are playing in the CFL. We've had other few guys that are uh, been, been talked to with other NFL uh, uh, teams. And we had two players that are actually on NFL rosters right now, but it was a, a stepping stone for flash to get back in the league, man. So, you know, we were just happy to have those guys come and we're going to do a lot more of that this next season. Man, that's that's awesome, Ray. That's good stuff. Yeah, I like it, Ray. Uh, any any more football is good for me uh, because <laughs> I, I can watch it year round, and uh, I think this I think it's a really cool concept, and uh, I'm excited to see it. Um, I wanted to ask you too about your uh, what you got in your shirt there with your your athlete with the NIL. You know, we got we were talking earlier. We got a lot of guys moving around, yeah, uh, doing the transfer portal and all that type of thing. And and I've seen some really unique things 
yeah. um, in college football right now where guys are taking advantage of the NIL uh, to make some money. And, and I want to hear uh, what you are doing uh, in that regard. Yeah, man. It, you know, first of all, it is exciting to see this, that these young men have just, you know, they, they've changed the game. And uh, they, this is long overdue. We all know it. And yeah. um, it's exciting to see. But, you know, when I saw the NIL happening, you know, I was just like, I don't know. I don't I didn't think I knew, you know, there was only going to be one to two percent of people really going to benefit from it. And, yeah. and, and to me, I, I thought that was going to be <laughs> the thing that that really devastates college football and college sports, because there's really no no unity in that when you see something like that. So, you know, my partners and I kind of. We, we wanted to flip the we wanted to flip the bottle and say instead of we're thinking about the one and two percent, let's think about the ninety eight percent. So instead of you know a running back getting a million dollars just because he you know he hadn't even touched the field yet and he's now making a million dollars for a sponsorship, why not get one hundred running backs around the country and give those guys let those guys split that million dollars? So you know we've come up with a technology that allows all athletes. That, that that get on our platform, they can all benefit from the NIL policy. So if Gatorade wanted, you know, they got some new uh, goggles coming out for swimming, they can go to all the swimmers all around the NCAA that are on our platform to, to, to sponsor that deal and everybody shares into that actual deal. Just if you think about the CBA or the NFL, you know, they when the reason that's so important to us right now is, you know, you would have somebody like a Larry Fitzgerald that would be on the front of Madden. But then when they change the, uh, uh, the, the CBA, everybody shares into that. So we all get a check from the, the EA Sports. So that's we wanted to take on that same idea and say, man, what about the walk on uh, linebacker that that be that's out there grinding? I mean, I had Jamal slapping, Nick slapping, uh, uh, Tim Sewell. These were guys that played in the 90s when I was on the, on the squad. They worked just as hard as we did. And they, they deserve the same opportunities as the starting running back. So both, that's kind of when we, when we thought about athlete, we said, let's think about NIL for all, not just the top players, but for everyone. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And, um, you know, that's something that, um, you know, is, is becoming more and more prevalent now with the, uh, you know, the new rules and with the, uh, the ability to go from team to team, people can really market themselves and, and, uh, you know, figure out ways to make money. I know here locally in Knoxville, you know, some of these guys are repping uh, local companies. Yep. Uh, some of these guys are doing autograph signings and things like that. And I, I love it. I think yeah. it's great, you know. And, and, and they'll be able to do We'll have all those type of opportunities. My my uh, my partner that actually developed the app, uh, he makes the apps for BattleBots, uh, Jaguar, and uh, uh, Coachella. And so, you know, as we were developing and putting this together, we were like, man, we want to come out with a patentable product where we're able to not only allow uh, athletes to get on this platform, but local communities, local, local, local companies. That, a, a big thing about this is a lot of the bigger companies are, are, are going to be able to benefit from this. But what about the local communities or excuse me, the local companies in those local communities, the, the mom and pop subway shop? that doesn't know how to get to those those uh, players, but they still want those that audience. Those are the type of deals that we'll be striking. So we, we're talking to all the companies that, not, not just the top companies, but all the companies around those local markets and say, hey, look, here's an opportunity to use those local uh, athletes that go to those colleges to benefit both youth, their, their brand, but also help you market your company. Gotcha. I like it. Yeah, no, that sounds cool, man. You got a lot of stuff going on. I just don't know how you find the time to do all this. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> man, I, you know, the one thing I can say, man, like, I owe it all to the Orange, man. Like, when I played there back in the 90s, man, it was, you know, shots out to Tom Moffat, too. I heard what just happened with him at LSU. That's yeah. how I grew up. I grew up with him and John Stuckey. Like, mm -hmm. that's my grind comes from my grind comes from the Al Wilsons and the Tyrone Hineses and the, the the Leonard Littles. Those are the guys that I played with. Peyton Manning, you know, we went at it every. Joey Kent, we went at it every yeah. day. You know what I'm saying? So I know I know what it means to grind. I know how it, I know I need to wake up every day and be prepared because I knew what I was facing in practice every day. And it's like it, it just that has stuck in my 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 life. And I'm just always pushing to keep succeeding and keep doing things to to make the orange proud, man. <laughs> what that cup say? What that mug say? 
Man, hey, every day I'm hustling. <laughs> <laughs> Take a day off, player. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, we uh we were talking about the uh the playoff coming up. I don't know how much you've been following with all the stuff you're doing, the college football, but uh, did you get a chance to watch the games yesterday? You know what? I was in the airport when uh, when you were you were, when we were texting last night. I was in the airport and I was catching some of the highlights, and it was just dawning to me. I was like, I, it dawned on me. I was like, man, look, Cincinnati, like Boise State, like some of these teams that I just remember back in the '90s that you wouldn't even think about some of the teams that are in the top 25. They yeah. and 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 now looking at their these 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 programs they are building it's it's incredible it's incredible to see but it's also great to see because you don't see just the same five schools that that players are going to you now seeing these new schools come up and, and and build themselves and I can't wait to see you know when when the orange is back in the top ten and and I can see it happening I can see I like what Hypo's doing I've been to you know a game I uh, went to the one of the first games and it was just it's really it's really great to see the energy of us kind of coming together and, and starting to rebuild but I don't what I really like in college football right now and I don't think people are talking enough about it on all these sports uh, uh, casts is how much effect and impact that Deion Sanders has had in the HBCs. Like, to see what Deion Sanders has done at JSU is incredible to watch and see. Like, the people he's bringing around these young men. And if we had more Deion Sanders and Eddie Georges and us come back and build up that community of football, then that's when you start balancing out football. Like, if you look at football on TV, everybody's looking at all these I'm just being straight up. They're looking at all these football uh, uh, programs, but you see, I don't know, 80 to 90% of them are, are African-American. Well, what if those top players went down to HBCU schools? It would change the game. And I think that's what's starting to happen. And I think, I, I mean, I watch, I've, I've been a prime, prime has been, I've been a, he's been a, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've always looked up to him and everything he's done and had a chance to meet him. And I just love what he's doing in those in that community, man. And I think it, be, it needs to be talked about more. Hey. People aren't doing it. Yeah. See, I, I've had that talk with some of my boys and, and friends and stuff. Ray, and, and yeah, that's something that 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 could happen and it would be great. But it's such a huge gap right now. Ray. Um there aren't a lot of resources right now. I agree. Ray, I mean, I've seen it, Ray. It's oh, man. Different. And then you have, you know, people were like, is, is Dion doing it for the right reason? Is he doing it for the culture? Is he doing it? And I, was, I, I didn't believe it. And he kind of showed me that he's not. So here's my thoughts, Ray. He's, he's trying to get up to that level that we're talking about right now. He's interviewing for these jobs and stuff, Ray. So it was like he came there. And uh, since that's where he had to start off, being the head coach, of course, he wants to give them some resources, put some money into it because it makes them be successful. Yeah. But he's on the first thing out of there, right? How do you feel about that? Well, let's think about that. Um, let's think about Terry Fair. Terry Fair okay. played 10, 13 years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. All-American, probably one of the best defensive backs that came out of Tennessee. For sure. But he has to, he has to be – he has to interview for assistant defensive back jobs when yeah. other people are getting top jobs. So yeah. you're telling me that a player that played at that school, come on, yeah, that played in the NFL, yeah, for 13 years, mm -hmm. has to take an assistant job over somebody that comes from another. So, hey, so, so now we're I mad at Deion Sanders building up that community where let's just be real because Aaron Glenn is a very good friend of mine and he's in the NFL. Dion yeah. could have took any NFL job if he wanted to. Let's just be honest. That's true. It, it, it easily could have got an NFL job. He decided to take an HBCU job. He don't need the money. Yeah. He could have took a D2 school job, a D3 school job. I think his impact for that one more and, and, and let's just be honest on another deal. You bring both your sons there. You believe in it, don't you? Hey, I, have, hey. I, I have to because there's no I, – I, I, I went and visited, you know, Kevin Ramsey, which was one of my defensive back coaches when I was at Tennessee. Okay. And he, he went and he coached at Clark Atlanta, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm just – you know, he's like, hey, man, come and sit in this meeting with me. So I'm sitting in the meeting with this running back, and he was finagling with him to figure out how much he could pay him 
to, to you know, he could give him to, to play next season. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, well, I didn't understand that. He was like, man, I got to figure out how I only got a budget of this big. Yes. And I got to figure out how to give each one of those players that have these issues, you know, things and problems. And, mo- yes. you know, the moms are dealing, they're single moms and they're dealing with this. That's what I'm dealing with, right? Yes. And so we get, we, we get upset with somebody that don't have the resources but then becomes a champion, wins a championship, and then now we're upset that he wants to move on with his career. I don't know. I, I, I got I'm, I'm not, Hold on, Ray. I'm not upset. I'm just saying I, I think it was something. And, like, I like, regardless of the motives, I like what it does for that university, that community. Let's get that straight, right? Yeah. I, I'm all for it because they're better off than when he got there, right? Leaving a place better than when you touched it. He did that. But I'm, I just wish that the man could just – that's selfish of me, but of course, I wish that he would sit there and, and hold it down because that would be a pillar in I, the HBCU land. That's I, that's one hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> I hope him and Eddie really stay in there, and I I hope more. And and I and I'm gonna say I'm bring another another. It's not a statistic, but it's another. You know, African American coaches in it just you you got to be kidding me. Like in the NFL and Division One school. And we 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 built both of those leagues. Yeah. And, and the fact that we can't get jobs, that's why I never became a coach. Everybody yeah. always wanted me to be a coach. That's why I was like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I, that's why I didn't become a coach. I'm like, where's the opportunity? Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how Eric Bieniemy hasn't gotten a head coaching job. This how guy can you been running say one of the top coach. This man Lampers. has had how many all pro and probably going to be all Hall of Famers underneath his belt that he has taken and he's still looking for a top job. And they're already talking about college coaches being NFL coaches already. Yeah. Over him. And this is a guy that played at Colorado, was one of the best running backs I ever saw. He played in the NFL. He's coached in the NFL. He's been running that Chiefs offense, which no one has been able to stop for five years and no one's going to give him a shot. I, I just don't understand it. Makes no sense. And it, it makes no sense to me. I, and, and it's, it's disturbing to see sometimes. And it's, it's, uh, I follow a, a few people's, you know, some of, some of my old teammates, I talked to T Martin a lot and uh, we yeah. talk okay. about those things, man. And it's just, it, it it's, it's sad. It really yeah. is. And it's like, man, you, 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 we, we, we built these programs. Yeah, you know, we built these league. You know when there when you <laughs> you look at the I laugh sometimes. I was a, a friend of mine was at Michael Strahan's uh, yeah. uh, inducted induction, and it's like his yeah. name's in the in the. Like. But Ray, it's 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 from every level up, Ray. Because I I went back to UT, <clears throat> went back to school, finished up, and everything. Wanted to hop into the coaching thing. Hey Ray, it's from high school on up to the NFL. Oh yeah. Hey Ray, it's. It, and I even talked to I talked to T about this in 2019 when I first went back to Knoxville, right? And um, it's that's just what it is, man. And it's sad, but it's it's from high school on up, though, right? Yeah, I got college pro ball. Hey, we got to see Prime now. Uh, you know, they they said that uh, the the school that I went to and here in Knoxville Catholic High School, they were playing against uh, Prime's high school where Trinity. he was coaching his son. And I was like, man, I don't know if Prime can really coach. Well, he came in to town, and we were ranked number one in the state, and he smoked us. His son was one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he had a hell of a game plan and called the hell of a game. Uh, He was the offensive coordinator, and he called a hell of a game, man. And ever since then, I've been like, Prime can do it. Uh, Listen, I've been coached by some great coaches, man. And from, you know, John Chavis – uh, Lovey Smith, Kevin Ramsey, you know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah. Lodge, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and Bill Belichick. But yeah. I just named three, and only one of those names that you have will ever people will ever remember. And 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 and, and to be honest, I just it's just it's sad. It's sad. It's, it sucks. It really does. Yeah. But you know, yeah. that's just my opinion. No, I hear you, man. We're with you. But um, hey, Ray, hopefully. Once you get this league going, we're going to be watching. We're going to be talking about it. Hopefully, you'll come back on and uh, tell us how it's going. Absolutely, man. It's uh, we. I'll be. I just left Dallas. We had our first tryout out there. We had about 50, 60 guys out there, which was great. We're going to LA. We'll be in Atlanta twice, and also Orlando, Orlando, Florida. Uh, we've got the four teams. We're adding four more teams, so we're going to have a total of 170 players in our league this year. We made two of those two new teams uh, NFT teams, which is freaking awesome. We're, we're launching our 
first NFT with these teams. Uh, Tiki Barber, Rondé Barber owns one of the teams, and DJ Aoki owns another one. Okay. And uh, we're going to be doing some really cool stuff this year, man. I'm really excited. Right, help me, man. I'm, I'm a big collector of game-worn jerseys. So once you guys get your jerseys picked out, holler at me. 100, 100%. 100%, my dude. Man, <laughs> good luck to you, Ray. Thanks for coming. I'm definitely going to check it out, man, and, and follow you for sure. 100. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, Ray, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you again real soon, okay? All right, talk to you guys. All right, Ray. All right, man, that guy's busy. He makes me feel like uh, I'm lazy. And uh, I feel like you got to do more. <laughs> he does. He wants to do more. He's God. he's like, I'm going to get all these coaches' jobs, too. I, You know what, though? I agree with him 100%. I, I've been trying to figure out why Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach um, in the NFL for, for the last three years, and right. uh, it pisses me off. It really does. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I understood what they were doing with the Rooney rule and all that. But, you know, when you give somebody a, a you give somebody an interview just because you have to. Yeah, I, I think it's wrong. And um, I, I just think it's time for, for Eric Bien to be a, to be a head coach. I think he's proven it more than all these. I mean, you look at all these guys that just got hired. The guy out in um, uh Los Angeles for the Chargers, the guy for the Eagles. Those guys don't have as much experience as no. the enemy does. No. Close. No. No, he's long overdue. So it was a lot, there's a lot of people like that. But um, yeah, I, I you know, I, I do hear what he's saying, and I hope that uh I hope Prime stays where he's at, and I hope Eddie George stays where he is, and I hope they can keep building that up and and uh, I hope you guys keep building up your program because I got to go see it, uh, you know, live and in person this year. And I was impressed with what you're doing. Uh, you guys look good. Hey, look, we just trying to get better, man. Trying to get better each month. Um, hey, making the right connections where you can make this program grow, uh, get some donations and stuff like that. You need, you just need better resources, man. That's, that's it. You know, the smaller schools and, you need a little bit more funding. That, no, that's I, operation right there because they're athletes now. Don't get it yeah. twisted. <laughs> hey man, you guys got some athletes right now. I I gotta I gotta be honest with you. I was uh, I was impressed uh, with some of the dudes you guys got out there. That quarterback, that defensive back, that wide receiver you got. Come on, it's man, some guys. Those yeah. guys can play. Yeah. Oh, on the on the high school note. Yeah. Macaulay pulled it off. Yeah. Congrats. So did Powell. So did Powell pulled it off, and which your coach? running back Jordan Jenkins pulled it off again. Where, where, which one's he in? Uh, Oakland, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, my boy Deshaun Bishop uh, from here in Carnes. I don't oh, know if you saw. He ran for it. That's the guy that I went and interviewed. Yeah, and um, went to a game to watch him, like the third game of the season. Mr. Three thousand. He ran for 3,368 yards and uh, led Carnes to their first ever uh, playoff and won in the first round. And he's just a great kid, man. I don't know if you got to see my interview with him, but he's a great kid and he's only a junior. <laughs> That's what I asked him. I'm like, man, you ran for like 15,000 yards and you got a year left. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's so, insane. But no, I was keeping up with the high school sports over there and yeah. Um, I guess here locally, Gaffney High School won the 5A championship. Then South Point from uh, Rock Hill won 4A. Then over there in Tennessee, it was Macaulay with Big Boy. Then your boy, uh, private school, Trent Dilfer. At that yeah, Lipscomb. Lipscomb yep. Academy, right? Yeah. Um, 6A was Oakland. 5A was... Uh, Powell. Five A was Powell. Yeah. yeah, right here, right here. They uh, they got that boy uh, Walter Nolan. Remember, I told you that uh, we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't go after him. Uh, we don't want those one year players. Well, I think uh, might have been a good <laughs> idea because he led his team all the way to the, the championship. state championship, and he yeah. scored a touchdown on offense, and he had about four sacks on defense. So, uh, yeah, maybe I was I was wondering how that game would go. I saw one of the interviews from what was that? They play Summit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. One of the interviews. Did you see it when a guy was like, "Yeah, we didn't even we didn't even hear of him to just now," <laughs> and he retweeted it. 
Walter Nolan retweeted I saw it. that. For the I game. Saw that. It's going to be trouble. Hey, but, man, he's the real deal, dude. And you put him on the D-line with your boy, Tyree Johnson, and all those other guys at Texas A&M. It's going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem for offensive lines in the SEC. He's going on a visit now to Tennessee soon. Who is? Walter Nolan is. He already signed with uh, – or he already committed to A&M. Yeah, he did, but I just – I want to say – correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say yesterday he he mentioned going on campus here soon to UT. So. Really? I thought it was a done deal. I thought he was signed, sealed, and delivered. I think so. I think Tennessee's trying to make that late push for him. Oh, you're right. No, you're right. It says he's taking an official visit this weekend. <laughs> you're right, dude. I told you so. They, they're trying to – that last-minute push. And I know all of – South Carolina's staff was at the championship game, the state championship game uh, yesterday yeah. to watch Antonio Williams for Dutch Fort, that big-time receiver. Yeah. They were there to watch him. I think that kid's going to go to Ole Miss, though. You think so? Yeah, I think Lane got him pretty much in the bag. Hey, you know what? He's uh, he's sticking around. They gave uh, they gave old Lane a raise, and um, – and he's sticking around. The, the question is, can he keep his OC? Because everybody wants to hire, uh, you know, Lane's offensive coordinator. And I'm always like, man, um, you know, Lane's calling the plays. Yeah. <laughs> Lane's like, you can have him. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I think he could be a good coach. But I'm just saying, I think that offense is built by uh, by Lane Kiffin. So I'm interested to see what happens. Um, you know, the, the, this was a pretty good hire, I think. In Notre Dame, I'm 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 excited about Marcus Freeman uh, being the next coach of the Irish. I love Marcus. I knew him when I lived in Columbus and um, watched him play at Ohio State. And then I've watched him grow through the ranks. You know, he's been at Kent State. He was at Purdue. He was at Cincinnati. He's only he was only the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for a year. But look how much better that team got on defense. Yeah. So. Yeah, they want to play for him. Sound principles. Uh, he's a likable dude. He knows about that relationship, player-coach relationship, having played for some of these big-time coaches. And, I mean, he shoot, I think he's the perfect fit, man. So we'll see how it goes. Look, I guess I don't hate Notre Dame as much now because Marcus is over there. <laughs> yeah, no, me too, man. I'm actually kind of cheering for him because I've uh, I never really liked uh, old Brian Kelly, so – uh, now that uh, now that our dude is there, I'm going for it. And uh, we wanted to drop up. Uh, Ray wanted us to drop the, the website for fan control football. Pretty cool idea. And you know what? I can see it having success. If you think about, you know, what Ice Cube did with the big three and the three on three basketball, bringing back some of the old fellows that used to play in the NBA and some guys that have been out of basketball for a while. And he got them to come back and play the three on three. And that's taken off. So. You know, I see, you know, people love sports. And if you can get a league that's uh, got something in it that people will be interested in, uh, you can succeed, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. So I hope Ray does it because uh, uh, he's a great guy and uh, he was a hell of a football player at, uh, at our university here in Knoxville and uh, played for my Jets. So, you know what? He's all good in my book. Man, he, he'll do it. He got the recipe, and he's going to work hard, so he'll get it done. Yeah, he don't mind grinding. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we got a great show today. Rico, thank you so much for coming on. And, Ray, thanks for joining us. And, um, man, we got to come back next week and uh, preview. What, you know, they're going to they're gonna announce uh, who's playing. And, um, you know, I think we know the teams, but – Hopefully they'll throw us a curveball and, and get rid of the Bulldogs because I'd like to see somebody else have a chance. I'd like for somebody else to slide in there. And I, I wouldn't be opposed to I wouldn't be opposed to um Baylor or some other conference champ getting in there. I'm just being honest. I don't want to see Georgia again. No, me neither. I, and, and Notre Dame, like I said, if if Marcus can have a shot to uh, I mean they're eleven and one and their only loss was to number whatever you want to call them, Cincinnati. That's yeah. that's Notre Dame's only loss. So you want to penalize them for not being in a conference, that's fine. But I've seen other years where they've been rewarded for not being in a conference. Sure. And I don't understand why you're going to start penalizing them now. they got a good football team, and I want to see this young coach have a chance 
uh, to take the team that Brian Kelly walked out on and take them to the damn title because that would be awesome. That would be a story, wouldn't it? I would love it to go for that title to go on Marcus's resume and not that asshole's. That'd be oh, beautiful. <laughs> Sorry about that. So Me and my family down here in LSU. I'm I'm from Boston, but I'm a Southerner all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> He's Come in on. trouble. Come on, man. Well, hey, next week we'll talk about uh, what's coming down with the teams. And then we got to talk, too, about the portal because we got dudes jumping ship left and right. We got Quinn Ewers from uh, Ohio State. He was in town for, what, four months? He's already out. And uh, some guys jumping ship in Clemson, too. So uh, we'll talk about the portal. He came, collected that money, and uh, now I can go play football somewhere. <laughs> hey, you know what? Good and for I'm not- him, man. Nate, you can't be mad at that, Nate. I'm not mad at him. I'm happy for the kid, man. I hope <laughs> all these kids go out and get as much money as they can. All these damn coaches are making $12 million a year, and then they get paid when they fail to go sit at home. Ed Orgeron got $19 million to go eat shrimp. <laughs> you know what? I think these kids should get as much money as they can. They should go play for whoever the hell they want to play yep. for. Thank and you. You know what? I'm all for it, dude. I've always been for it. I'd much rather these kids uh, get some money than these rich old white dudes that have been collecting checks for 50 years. Collecting checks, man. <laughs> Win or lose. Fired. Hey, look, employed or unemployed, you're getting that money. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, the, and these people that work for the NCAA and these people that work for the conferences and yeah. they're collecting millions of dollars off these kids who are risking their livelihood and risking their bodies out there, you know, getting injured and getting knees blown out and getting there. You, go. you know what I'm saying? So I, I hope these kids collect all the money they can. And I'm not mad at the kid. What's he going to do? Start over CJ Stroud next year? Probably not. Probably not. Let's be realistic. He so. ain't. He ain't. He's going to go somewhere else and, and get to play. So good for him. I think uh, we should do that. Ohio State needs to use the portal too. I mean, we got that uh, linebacker from USC, but we need to go get some more guys on defense and. Yep. Um, you know, we need to use it, too, because these teams, like we saw last night with Alabama, they got better with the kids they got. Uh, Toa Toa, Jamison Williams, those are two of their best players on their team, and, and they, they they pulled them out the portal. I agree. So, I agree. So, hey, Saban's a trendsetter, man. I'm telling you, hey, that goes back to him doing what? Adapting. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Come on now. Hey. He's he's been he's the greatest coach in college football history, in my opinion. Anyone that with with the parity that exists right now, like what Ray was talking about, Cincinnati fighting for it, Baylor fighting for it, Boise State the past few years, uh, Coastal Carolina coming out of nowhere, Liberty. Some of these teams, you know, coming out of nowhere. But look who's been the mainstay, um, Nick Saban in Alabama. And, uh, you know, I, I know we talk about him a lot, but what he's doing there and what he's done is just absolutely unbelievable. And yeah. Uh, Duke deserves all the credit he gets. For sure. All right. Well, have a good Sunday, man, and I'll talk to you uh, next week, and uh, we'll do it all over again. All right. Take it easy, Nate. All right, bud. Have a good one.